Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. All right, here we go. This is for the win. Penn State had their pass attempt broken up. And they align, I do it on the ninth overtime try. Norwood to the left of Brandon Peters. In motion, Navarro. Fake. Peters rolls to the end zone. It is caught. It is caught. Yes! And it's good. And on the replay, I want to see in the back of the end zone who it was. It's Casey Washington. Casey Washington. The game is over. Casey yes! Washington with a catch. The Illini have upset Penn State 20 to 18. Can you believe it? Yes. Woo! All right, Mr. Tate. Here we are on a Monday morning quarterback show. What a game. Yeah, I don't, kidding, know, I don't know what we're going to talk about. But. I don't know how you explain it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, as I, I told you, you know, if it had been a, a, a kind of a fluke where the other team had five turnovers and, mm-hmm. you know, and just strange things. But this was a case where Illinois just went out and dominated the football game. Illinois had three turnovers to none. And Illinois had some bad turnovers and gave them the ball in their own territory. And uh, somehow the, the, the physicality of the Illinois team just went out. Well, we'll talk about the game today, a memorable game, historic game in a lot of ways because it was the longest by overtime, and they've changed the overtime rules. We can get into that, what you thought about that. Uh, we'll certainly discuss it. But Illinois with a 20-18, to 18, nine-overtime win over Penn State. It was the talk of uh, college football, among other games on Saturday. And the Illini get a third win on the year, 3-5. and five. And after all the discussion Last week, that I think got blown way out of proportion, what uh, Brett Bielema had said about his roster. Uh, well, he didn't uh, talk about his roster. Yeah, he, he was talking about, about guys that, blind. Yeah, that are and, not on the roster. And let me just say this. He overlooked one thing. He overlooked Pearl, mm-hmm. who he, he's, he talked like the last three classes haven't had anybody. Well, they have. Mm-hmm. Pearl's starting at offensive right tackle right now. And by the way, Pilstrom spent three-fourths of that game at left tackle because right. Lowe got hurt. That's right. So they got two guys that are back. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll be back in the future. Yeah. And so uh, if you, if, if in fact those guys are quality players at tackle, and certainly Pearl looked like it on this game for sure, um, that makes it easier to kind of restructure your, your line because guards are a lot easier to find than tackles. Mm. I mean, the tackle position is probably the most difficult position maybe on the football team on either side. I think yeah. it's just it's difficult. It's it's tricky cuz you're blocking a really good defensive end on the other side all the time mm-hmm. and trying to keep him off the quarterback. And if, after all the talk about recruiting and going forward recruiting offensive linemen and building that part of the game, it was the offensive line, really both sides of the line that dominated mm-hmm. at Penn State. 
Right, but he was talking about the future. Yeah. He, and, and we had five, and when Gerasati came in, Gerasati, after Lowe got hurt, Gerasati came in as the seventh lineman and yeah. two tight ends. So we had a nine-man front. But we had five super seniors in that among those seven. So we've only got two back. So the future uh, that he was talking about hasn't really changed much. He's still got to add mm-hmm. key players in the offensive line. But those five super seniors, well, the four super seniors without Lowe, who when he got hurt, they were really impressive. Mm-hmm. By the way, Bad, uh, am I pronouncing it right? Badovinak? Yes. Yep. He was really good. And, and, uh, and uh, Kramer is good every game. I'm not too sure he isn't an all-Big Ten center. He is really good. He's even good in games where Illinois lost. The guy, is, the guy gets downfield. He blocks. He, he's just, I think he's exceptional. Well, we're going to talk about all of this. Your thoughts on the game, the football game, of course. We'll also get your thoughts on the basketball game from Saturday night, what you made of that. Uh, so you can join us, 217-356-9397. Text line is 217 217- Three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at wdws dot com. Uh, later in the show, after the news at ten, we'll talk to Colin Likas. We'll get the quick overview of all the high school, the local high school teams that are in the the postseason, the playoffs. He'll have more during the week on his uh, Prep Confidential show, but we'll just get a quick overview. And then near the end of the show, Bob Osmus, and I want to get his thoughts as he has been a beat writer for football for many years. His thoughts on the game on Saturday. And also on his Atlanta Braves. He's the only Braves fan I know in town. And they're in the World Series <laughs> he's been against one Houston. A long time. And he's been one a long time through thick and thin. So we'll talk to him about that. But um, anyway, just so much to talk about in the football game. But the line uh, play on both sides, the overtimes, and the new rules on the overtime, what do you make of that? The well, they're trying to get it over with <laughs> faster, aren't they? I mean, they, after the first two overtimes, they go to – you would think that it wouldn't go nine, wouldn't you? You'd assume it wouldn't go nine. When when one team finally scored, the other one did. You know, I mean, it's just one of those crazy things. What do you think? I mean, what, well, should, is there a better way to do it? I don't know. It's a hard for me to process it. I'm excited, and I like it because we won. I don't know how I'd feel if I lost. Would you rather go the NFL way, kick the ball off, and, and play regular football? I don't think so. Okay, it, you know what they do in high school, don't you? They no. put it on that 10-yard line. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Monticello and Unity played overtime the other night, mm-hmm. and they start from the 10-yard line. And, and, and one team tries, and then the, and the other team gets its, its opportunity as well. Mm. Instead of the 25. Yeah, so, Illinois. Yeah. I mean, the Big Ten puts it to tw- at the 25, but I kind of like the 25, but I, you know, I don't know what to say after you have several ties. I thought I, I, the old way where you – had to score a touchdown, and then you had to go for two. Maybe that's a better way to do it. I don't know. And that's the way they've been doing it after, like, the second overtime. You had to go for two. Yeah. But now they've made it where yeah. you actually now have you a two-point play. It's one, it's, yeah, it's just yeah. an extra point every time. <laughs> well, and the, um, the I was trying to think of what it was like. It was almost it was either like a game of horse where you take a shot and I have to match your shot. And I'm not going to do it on your end where the students are if I can help. Right. I'm not going to do it on that end. We're going to do it on the other end, which there was a noticeable difference in the crowd noise. Walking back. One or the other. Uh, The other thing it felt like, you know, in Major League Baseball uh, during the regular season, in the extra innings, they put a runner on second base, Mm -hmm. trying to speed that up. Well, this was like putting the bases loaded 
having a 3-2 count on the batter <laughs> and no foul ball, and basically it's one pitch. Something's yeah. going to happen on either one pitch. One play. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's a, here's, the thing, here's the thing that I want you to answer, okay? Are you ready? Was, the, was Illinois' dominance in this game the result of the different formations, the nine-man front, the uh, Marques at, at fullback, the different formations and the schemes, or was it the physicality of the Illinois players over the Penn State players? Which one was it? Well, I'm going to sound like I'm straddling the fence, but I would, I would say both. Yeah. But I, I, I know James Franklin said after the game that his team wasn't ready for the nine-man front. No, they, they, they but were. We didn't, Illinois didn't use that. I mean, they used it a number of times, but yeah. it wasn't a permanent thing or anything. I mean, they, they used it, and then they didn't use it. They used it, and then they didn't use it. I mean, they, they were bouncing around the formations when they got down deep. They, they tried the fullback thing. Mm-hmm. The thing I noticed about the running game, though, is that it's one thing to run the football when the defense is fairly loosely, is playing fairly loose in the middle of the field, it's really hard when you get in the red zone to push it in with strictly a running game. You have to have a little bit of a passing game. Did you see how wide open, uh, you know, our, our receiver Washington was in the end zone on that last play? I mean, we, we ought to be able to get some receivers open when you're running that much mm-hmm. because the other team has just got to be committed to stopping the run. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't think I've ever seen Illinois' running game better and its passing game worse. I mean, I, that, they, they were both at the extreme, mm-hmm. incredibly. And, uh, Brandon Peters comes in and throws the, the yep. winning touchdown. Well, his arm yeah. is clearly better. He's got the better mm-hmm. arm. Mm-hmm. And he certainly delivered that ball well. And we've had some questions on Sitkowski. We don't know what, uh. Didn't look good, did you it? You know, and it didn't look good. He had his left arm. Mm-hmm. Of some type, so we'll yeah, learn had more. Had a towel about draped over it, so you really couldn't tell how what it was or when they took him off. Well, we've got some stats and notes on this. So again, your thoughts: where you were when you were watching or listening over the weekend. If you want to talk about that, we can certainly do it. What do the Illini do at quarterback going forward? We'll have the, of course, press conference with Brett Bielema later today uh, at one o'clock. So we'll see if we uh, if he has anything to say about that. He gets his one hundredth uh, collegiate win. As a head coach, Illini win for just the second time ever in Happy Valley. First win over a top 10 opponent on the road since 2007, the Ohio State game. I remember that one. I do, too. That was a close one, too. Yes, it was. <laughs> so anyway, big win for the Illini football. We'll talk basketball. We'll talk high school football. We'll talk a little bit about the World Series. NFL football, the Bears looked uh, terrible yesterday, get blown out by Tampa Bay. We'll get into that as well. Nine sixteen on a Monday morning quarterback show here on A Penny for Your Thoughts as we start a brand new week. We're on a Monday morning quarterback show on A Penny for Your Thoughts here this morning on this uh, rainy Monday. Glad you're with us. Lauren Tate is with us as we uh, look back at the Illinois win at Penn State, which I'm sure many people expected, right? Was a win at Penn State. <laughs> It did happen in uh, nine overtimes, and now Rutgers comes to town yeah, on get, Saturday. Can they do it again? That's the yeah. question. But they've got the, they've got some momentum coming off that. That's got to be a big one. By the way, uh, nobody's mentioned this, but, uh, you know, there's, there's talk, always talking football about, boy, if you've got a really big team coming up the following week that this game might be, you might overlook this game. They got Ohio State coming up next week, does Penn State. There were a lot of people that, well, we could hold Clifford out this game. We don't really need him. We could hold him out and because we need him for Ohio State. 
I'm not saying they didn't hold Clifford out, obviously, but my point is that there was a lot of talk that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a game we just get through, and the, mm-hmm. the fans uh, that were there, and there were 105,000, it had the feeling of kind of a picnic. We're out here today. We'll go yeah. and watch Penn State dispatch Illinois, and, 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 and the, it didn't happen. And the money swung toward Penn State heavy at the end, and they were 23-point favorites, and even that jumped. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure which uh, outfit did it, but they jumped to 24. Five and a half at the very end, mm-hmm. which means that the Penn State people thought they were going to win by 30 or 40, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. And by the way, we haven't talked much about the defense. That's the fourth straight game, mm-hmm. fifth straight game that Illinois has held opponent to 24 or less, which is a really good, you know, that, that shows that the defense is, is improving. And they really stopped Penn State in this game. If, if Illinois could have, not giving up the ball three times on those turnovers, and one time was on the what twenty-two yard line or something, um, and they didn't get a point out of it. They missed the field goal. There were a couple of key plays that happened too, where the ball bounced Illinois' way or a play went Illinois' oh, way. One yeah. was then they were coming out and Illinois fumbled, uh-huh. and Penn State would have recovered and would have been a touchdown. Yeah, for Penn State, they well, that, moved the forward. Play, the progress. play was called dead, so yeah. I mean, it's just that the other referee didn't see that. Mm-hmm. They had that, and then also the biggest play of the game, I think, which is going to get overlooked, was the muffed punt mm-hmm. near the end of regulation. Lightsy when Navarro got it. had it goes through, mm-hmm. and yeah, and Lightsey was right there to yeah. grab it, or that would have been Penn Navarro State. Navarro hasn't missed a ball all year, has he? Mm-hmm. No, uh-uh. I don't know what happened that on that one. I don't either, but that could have been disaster oh, right yeah. there. So yeah, and I will also say to you that there were at least two times that. The game could have been won by Penn State with interceptions that they didn't catch. Right. One of the overtimes, there was mm-hmm. one. Really, it was in both hands. Yeah. They just didn't catch it. And uh, people were saying, uh, looking for trick plays, when we have four or five of them that they pulled out of their hat. The problem, Illinois had some trick plays that work, except we don't deliver the ball. <laughs> I know. Guys are wide open. I mean, I don't think Washington needs to try any more passes, does he? Man, oh, man. <laughs> and I've forgotten he was left-handed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he, it, didn't, it just didn't work. But the play, was, the play from the booth was a good call mm-hmm. because the guy was open. And I'm sure in practice that he had completed that pass. Mm-hmm. Just didn't in the game. He wouldn't put him out there to do it if he hadn't shown he could do it, That's would That's right. He? No, you don't do it unless you think you can mm-hmm. execute it. So. And that reminds me of the one that Williams threw earlier this season. Isaiah, we had a – oh, I think it was uh, it was Peters, wide open mm-hmm. on the sideline. Yep. He, had, he had rolled out, and the ball – it was a reverse, and here comes Isaiah with the ball. All he's got to do is throw about a 20-yard pass to a wide-open guy, and he threw it right over his head. Penn State had a trick play where they tried to throw it to their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and he that, was open. And he was open, and he <laughs> kind of fell down, and the pass was off target anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, he got his hands up. He touched it, mm-hmm. but he didn't catch it. Yeah. So anyway, there's a lot to uh, digest from that game. Illinois and Rutgers, 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. A couple of stats here, and then we'll get to some uh, texts and emails and, and phone calls. Net yards rushing, Illinois 357, Penn State 62. Incredible. First downs, Illinois 26, Penn State 14. And the uh, number of plays in the game, let's see if I've got that here, total plays. Illinois was uh, time of possession, was uh, pretty much Illinois. Third down conversions, 9 of 18. Penn State, 4 of 17. The time of possession was 36 to 24 in favor of Illinois. So, again, as Lauren has said, if you're thinking, well, that was kind of a fluke, 
They dominated up front on both sides of the ball. Even well, though the game went see what, from Rutgers will prepare for that nine-man front, and can they? Can they? Will they only come back? We've never seen that before. Have, have you ever seen that before? No, I've not. I haven't. Mm. What a great idea it was! I mean, because it worked. I guess there's two variations of it because we asked Beal about what he calls it. Mm-hmm. The one was called beef, and one's called whopper. I can't. So, I can't imagine what the difference is. I, yeah, I, don't know. I, I there were, in each case, I there were nine men that, yeah. that I saw. Although he, I, I mentioned he's got another offense where he put the, the fullback in, mm-hmm. and he had both running backs in at one time as well. That's right. They did a lot of different things. They had a lot of different formations. They had uh, McCray as a fullback at one point mm-hmm. in yeah. front of Brown, so that was interesting. But another another thing that was probably overlooked, 82 uh, Ford, he did a great job. 82 was out there blocking the whole time. He's, he's, a, he, he's a really tough guy when it comes to – I, that whole line was blocking extremely well, and when you go back and look at it, it, it was it was uh, it was amazing to see how they cut those big holes in in Penn State's defense. I just wonder, has Penn State shown that? Um, they, they've never shown that before, have they? Where they were so weak defensively in the line? I don't think so. They were, by yeah. the way, they were missing their best lineman. Though. Right. That's. Mustafer was out, right. right? But he's one guy, and Illinois is missing one guy. Low on offense too. He he went out pretty early. By the way, Chase Brown most rushing yards by a by an opponent in the history of Beaver Stadium. Yeah, two hundred and twenty three yards on uh, Saturday. Think he'll be Big Ten Player of the Week? I think he will. I would hope so. I would think so. Yeah. All right, let's go to the phones here. Jeff is with us. Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, guys. Uh, Hello, Forgive Jeff. Forgive me if I'm a little bit lost for words. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm a little bit lost for words. Uh, forgive me if that shows up here. But uh, my overall thought is just I am just so proud of them. Um, we we went out there and with the game on the line against the number 17, 17 in the country away, and they blinked first. We didn't. Um, I don't know that I can recall off the top of my head when that might have happened before, but I think I, I think we just gutted and gritted, and I couldn't be happier for them. A few weeks ago, Lauren wrote uh, that um, if we were going to turn the, the football program around the way we want it to be, it's going to take a lot of gut and grit and Bielema is the kind of coach we need, and I think we just underscored that uh, hugely uh, on Saturday. Um, I just, I, I think everything, I think it's looking up. I don't think we would have won that game uh, in years gone by, or maybe even earlier this year. But I hope we turned the corner. I have a gut feeling we did. Have you ever seen a team go from such despair, though? Mm-hmm. One rushing first down against with. Johnson, mm-hmm. horrible game. I mean, I Illinois was so bad that most of us just were afraid to think about it. Mm-hmm. It was. Exactly. I mean, it really went from from the worst to the best. Yeah, the only and we'll ask Bob Osmussen about this later. But the only comparison I can even think of was the win at Michigan in '99, the Rocky Harvey game. I mm-hmm. think the week before it in Minnesota, manhandle us here at home, and nobody gave us any kind of a shot at Michigan, and it turned out. Kind of that same stunning result, I think. I would concur in that. Yeah. I definitely would. Well, thank you, Jeff. Appreciate your thoughts. 
Not at all. Have a great day, guys. Uh, good to have Look you. Thank you. The rest of the season. Yep, me too. Thank you. Uh, so a couple of questions about Sitkowski. A couple of thoughts. Sitkowski sure looked like he broke his wrist in one of the overtimes. We haven't heard anything on that. Uh, I hope Ryan Johnson is ready to play quarterback because Peters is not the answer. Uh, and the new overtime rule is just dumb. Leave it as it was. It's, <laughs> this was yeah, too yeah. random, not a true outcome. But I don't know. I I. I this was supposed. This was put in to benefit the players, right? You know, to make it <laughs> so there'd be less, uh, you know, less stress on the right. t- uh, on a, a bunch of tired guys out there. So it's one play. So it's one play instead of four or six or eight or whatever it is to get in from the twenty-five is what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. Just make one play out of it. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder how many two-point conversion plays there are in a coach's repertoire. I don't know. You had, to, uh, you had to use them all and test them all. All right, 9.30 at DWS as we uh, roll along here on a Monday morning quarterback show. Let's take a, a quick break here, Blake, and we'll come back. We've got a news headline update here with Mary Lynn, and then we'll uh, rejoin you on the other side. Colin Likas for a few minutes. Bob Osmus as well. Uh, later with us here, Bob Osmussen on Penny for Your Thoughts. But first, this timeout. All right. Well, uh, Brett Bielema is with us here after Illinois wins 20 to 18. Coach, I'm speechless. I don't know what an all timer. I mean, that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I did. Somebody said it was the longest game in FBS history. Is that correct? I Most won nine overtimes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Then they got the new rules, of course. But well, yeah. Yeah, but made it interesting. I tell you what, I couldn't be more proud of our guys. Um, you know, since we started this journey together, it all started here, right? I remember being on this field uh, yep. back in December, yep. uh, looking at a group of, group of guys I didn't know and, and uh, gotten to know them every day. And uh, pretty cool feeling. Um, 100 wins today. Yeah. That's right. It's just hopefully the beginning of what we're doing here. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah Coach, congratulations. And, I mean, just an unbelievable performance. All right, back on a penny for your thoughts. Tomorrow we'll have an hour of open line. We'll have 10 o'clock, uh, Paul Rudy on the money. Wednesday, Jim Dye will join me. Thursday in the second hour, Regis Ben will join me. Aurelius Ben, former Illini. He is also a business owner now down in Florida. We'll talk about his business and what he's doing. Very successful at it. So we'll do that. Friday we'll do our Illini Friday, getting ready for Rutgers. And then uh, Friday in the second hour is the last hour, the last Friday of the month. So a flashback Friday at the end of the week. All right, let's go back to the phones, and Marty's with us. How you doing, Marty? Morning, Brian. Morning, Lauren. Good morning. Um, Lauren, as, as you mentioned earlier, I missed the first part of the show, so I hope I'm not repeating on anything. Um, they were inept against Wisconsin, looked awful, but they had a game plan against Wisconsin to try to throw on first and second down early in that game, and they never really got into trying to run the ball on them because I guess they figured they couldn't. But this is a running team. It's not a passing team. Um, here's a question I had. Um, given that they were going to run and be so heavy on the run, I was kind of surprised they didn't have a package where Williams might be at quarterback occasionally, so they'd have a running threat at quarterback to go along with those uh, beef plays up front because 
any kind of quarterback that could move would have given fits to Penn State because they had to worry about the the big bodies and up the gut. Well, they did run. Uh, they did run uh, Williams a few times, including the on uh, overtime number eight. Yep. He, he yep. ran in yes, for the. T- yeah, uh, but you're right. That that was a little different play. I mean, it wasn't. It was. I'm just wondering why they didn't have something to do that because, you know, frankly, he's about as good a thrower as the other two guys have been this year. I mean, he's Peters not. A, he's not same. a better thrower than than um, than Peters. I mean, no, but Peters isn't the same quarterback since I don't think he's been the same guy since he got headhunted at the end of that Iowa game two years ago. I just don't I don't think he's I think he's lost a little uh courage in the pocket, so to speak. He's a better thrower, but I'm not sure he's a better quarterback and thrower now because I'm not sure he's he's um what do I want to say, committed like he was when he first got here. I worry about that with him. Um, well, see, he certainly hasn't been very effective, but uh, hmm. no. Uh, no. I'm just. I will also tell had... you that that the the line protection has been terrible, and the receivers oh, yeah. don't don't get open the way they should. I mean, we, it's a no. three it's a three pro it's a tri- triple yes, problem. Is. Yeah, and it's a fourth problem is that the one guy that I think could be a difference maker other than Barker is Ford, and he has problems catching the ball sometimes. He drops some balls. He's a hell of a blocker, though. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. All right. Great game. I didn't think I'd ever see anything like that. I'm not sure I like that two-point conversion change, but it is what it is. Yep. You and guys we... make it a great day. Thank you, Marty. Good to hear from you. 217-356-9397. We'll talk a little basketball here, too, as we go along. Your thoughts on the exhibition win over St. Francis, 101-34. Uh, our first responders, if you need some uh, tune-up work done, make sure you get that done with your furnace and your air conditioner. Just reach out to... Uh, Jeff and the team at Castle Home Comfort, your comfort guaranteed, 217-352-2800, 217-352-2800 for Castle Home Comfort. They've been at this for many, many years. They've seen about everything in the air conditioning and furnace business. And again, don't forget the $79 service fee on-call technicians 24-7. But again, if you are a first responder, let them know. It's part of a promotion here, eighty nine fifty. Two for the price of one for a furnace and air conditioner tune-up. So make sure you take advantage of that opportunity from our friends at Castle Home Comfort. All right, a couple of texts here. Why does the game stats section on page three of yesterday's paper report the final score is 20-20 and the passing totals don't show Peters as having been in the game? I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't. I don't see know that. why I, they didn't show Peters yeah. in the game. I, I don't know whether that had something to do with the overtimes or what. I mm-hmm. I mean, if it was 20 to 18, we know that, regardless of what the paper said. <laughs> and somebody uh, said it only took us seven games to figure out we finally used a quarterback sneak in short yardage situations. Wow, three times. And it wasn't just third and inches no. or fourth and inches. It was third and two. He, he made over two yards every time, yeah. more than two yards. <laughs> I mean, Illinois simply overpowered him. And now I heard somebody say, one of the coaches, that – the way they were lined up, maybe it was one of, the, of our players that said that the way they were lined up, they didn't have anybody over the center, which allowed them to, to two, double team the, the guard there. And, and of course, the quarterback just dove in right behind him. By the way, he had guys behind him pushing too, you know, which you can do. <laughs> yeah, well, it was impressive because it was just, just unusual to see it from two Absolutely. yards or more. And it did work out. 
I know we had a couple of third and twos, maybe another one where Sitkowski just kept it, made three yards. In our previous games, we'd hand off to a running back seven yards deep. We never seemed to make it. Love the quarterback sneak in short yardage. Hope we continue to use it. Hope this wins gives us momentum. In Bielema, we trust. That's from Roger over in Litchfield. But when you say that, that you hope we keep doing the quarterback sneak, don't you know that the other team's going to figure this out? Mm-hmm. Everything that you do that worked against uh, Penn State, the other, they're going to be studying pretty strongly to try to prevent that the next time out. Make, you have to keep changing. You have to keep doing different things mm-hmm. because – People can overload defensively. They can they can put players, you know, they can put an extra player here, an extra player there. But uh, defensively, Illinois, I, we haven't talked enough about that, Brian. Oh, yeah. They're deep. I, those two linebackers, forty four and forty five, Tolson and and Barnes are. I know Hanson's a good linebacker, but he, I mean, these guys are just as good in terms of ta- uh, getting to the ball and mm-hmm. blitzing. They're they're really good at coming through the line. And there were a lot of plays they, they made in that game, along with uh, several other players, particularly the tackles. And we saw some blitzing. Yeah. Witherspoon came through there a couple of times. Witherspoon's a terrific player. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is our best defensive. You know, when you go back and you think about those games, we had two or three consecutive games where, well, I don't know if Witherspoon's going to play. No, he can't play. Well, he'll play next week. Well, no, he can't make it this week. He was injured. His injury absence hurt. Mm-hmm. Every game he wasn't there really made it. He makes a difference. Yep, a couple of big uh, plays for him uh, and back-to-back plays at one point. And by in the, the game. way, if you remember, right in the beginning, uh, before the season started, Palshevsky told us on the air he said our best player coming out of the summer, our best player is Chase Brown. We start the season, no Chase Brown. He wasn't available. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was injured. A couple of games now over 200 yards. He's over a thousand this year. By if the you're going, if you're going to lose a game that's you know a toss-up game, and you didn't have him, and you didn't have Witherspoon, that's mm-hmm. part of the reason. I think too, isn't UTSA eight and zero now? Yeah, seven they're undefeated, seven, and yeah. they play this week. They play at UTEP. <laughs> <laughs> UTSA and UTEP. Yeah, that's right. A lot of letters. All right, let's go back to the phones here on a Monday morning quarterback show on Penny for your thoughts. Hi, Sue. Hi, how are you, Brian? Good, good. I'm wondering, after an exciting game like that on Saturday, what's it like coming back on the plane with the players? <laughs> are they all excited and chatty? Or are they sleeping and tired, or are they eating? Well, it was a little bit of all of that. It, when, it, when we first uh, got on the plane, there was a lot of celebration, a lot of laughs, uh-huh. a lot of smiles. Oh. Uh, they were all really excited, and uh, as you can imagine. And uh, so that was, that was pretty fun, and there was a lot of talking. Uh-huh. As the flight went on, you get an hour into the flight, or it's about an hour and a half flight back. Then everybody kind of took their rest and, you know, took it easy coming back. But it's, uh, you know, when you lose a game, it's just quiet from start to finish. This oh, was uh, this was oh, pretty this was pretty boisterous at the beginning, and then uh, you know, pretty excited to see some family and friends there at the airport when we landed. So that was that was great. I bet so. Well, I've always wondered that. Did they get a meal on the way back then? Yes. Yep, oh, okay. there's, a, there's a meal or that they have uh, ready to go. You pick it up outside the locker room when the game's over. So, I see. Well, you answered my question. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sue. Appreciate it. Was an it was exciting game here, too. Oh, it really was. Okay, thank you much. All right, it was awesome. Yeah, in fact, they have food for them after the game in the locker room, and there's also more food at the airport when you get on the plane. There's another bag there. They had Chick-fil-A for the plane. Anyway, uh, 947 on DWS. Uh, good morning, Brian and Lauren. Please give my congrats to Coach Bielema, his 100th career coaching victory. 
And did you and Ed give Martin O'Donnell a hug and a high five? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, Martin was really struggling to keep his, I mean, his emotions were spilling out all over the radio. Yeah. And you should have seen it in the booth. Yeah. He was, he couldn't look. He had his head down. He, he was he was really going through a ringer. So uh, <laughs> trying to keep track of all the overtimes was another uh, trick too. So anyway, it was it was a lot of fun. Let's go to uh, Matt. Good morning, Matt. Hi. Just have a comment on your, people were talking about the stats line and how Peters didn't appear on the stats line. I was watching a uh, television the other day and they said that that he did not get on the stat line because two-point conversions are not included in the official stats for the game. I wondered so about that. The yeah. and passes would not show up mm-hmm. on the official stat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so saw I that. that up. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah there's a strange rule. I mean, yeah. It's like the um, Casey Washington recover fumble that he had earlier this year where he scooped up the ball, he had a fumble, and he ran it in. He didn't really get an attempt of rushing. It was just a score. I mean, just some of the little statistical oddities that come up every once in a while. What did they do on the fumble when uh, when the Penn State the player picked it up and ran for about ten yards? What, yeah. How does that fit into the statistics? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. By the yeah. way, there was a nice saving tackle by number two. Yep, Chase really was. It really Chase was. was. Chase was in the backfield and he chased him down. Hey, Matt. Thank you. I appreciate your insight on that. Sure, thanks. Thank you. Somebody wanted to know what is the what was the total time of the game from kickoff to conclusion? It was four hours and ten minutes to be exact, is what we're told. Now, had they done the old fashioned overtime, if we'd have played from the twenty five and just kept know, doing that, yeah. If if two. it it would if it would have played out nine overtimes, it may not have. In that case, um, we'll see. I don't know, but it would have been a lot longer, I think. So they're trying to shorten the game down. So the number looks big, nine overtimes, but the time actually wasn't all that long as far as that goes. It was agonizing, though, for sure. Uh, Texter says on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, Norwood was by himself on the place that Kowski got hurt in the end zone where he tried to throw it to him, and he un- and he threw it low, and then he got hit with his wrist or, mm-hmm. or arm. If he throws that ball two seconds earlier, the game would have been over. He wouldn't have been hurt. Well, he had the, the pass to um, – who had the pass – to Josh McRae in the end zone. It was barely, barely. I mean, he reached up. That was Peters. Peters, I think. Yeah, he yeah. reached up and he almost had it, but he just didn't quite. And uh, there should be some punishment for the people who came up with the new overtime rules. After the <laughs> third overtime, I almost turned off the game. I didn't care who won. It turned into a video game, Tom says. Um, well, I cared. <laughs> I did, too. I <laughs> I uh, some people didn't like it, but I just from sheer drama, it was like I said. Hey, you get, in soccer, what happens at the yeah, end of those tie like games? Those five kicks. Yeah, you the guy get. gets a kick, and then you know it's yeah. just a. Mm-hmm. You got to do something to end the game. That's to, right. Unless you want to go back to ties, that we, wasn't satisfactory. And we don't know. Uh, Kevin says I think it'd be fun to compare the Martin O'Donnell reaction from the Penn State game to the 2019 Wisconsin game. Almost sounded like a repeat reaction in a good way. I don't know if those clips were easily snatched from the archives. So we could probably find them pretty you know, easy. You uh, know, here's, here's another question for you. Let's just say that they completed that pass to the quarterback and they won the game. Penn in State. Over, in, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Penn State won the game in overtime. Would you feel any different about how you feel about where Illinois is going from here? Mm-hmm. For me, I, 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 that, the win or loss didn't, didn't 
change how I, if we had lost the game, I'd say, boy, this is a big step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Because I'm looking to the future. I mean, I know we're, you know, we got three wins this year and you could get to five. It's possible. You get to five in the next two weeks. I mean, Wisconsin and Minnesota are beatable. Right. They really are. Mm-hmm. And, and Minnesota's having a good season. And some people up there are talking about them winning the division. But nevertheless, they lost to Bowling Green. Now, let me At repeat home. that. Let yeah. me repeat that. <laughs> you know, Minnesota, the Gophers, lost to Bowling Green. They are beatable. They are not unbeatable. So, Illinois has got two games. They could be back five and five that quick. Now, I'm not saying they will. I know it's going to be, these are going to be tough games. Every game's tough. But I see something about the physicality that I know it, I know where it comes from. It comes from Bielema. He's that guy. And, and I think over time, we've already seen it on a defense. It's not given up over 24 points in the last five games. That's, that's a good number. That's a good thing to keep going if you can. That's what Iowa was doing all those years. They were talking about, well, we haven't given up over 25 points. Well, that's, if you hold them under 25, most chance, you're going to have a chance. You're going to have a chance. That's right. And, and until you can do that, you don't have a chance. That's right. No, that's absolutely right. 9.52, let me get a break in here. Lauren Tate's with us, Monday morning quarterback show. Connell like us for a few minutes on the, the high school matchups for the playoffs and what local team might get to state. And then uh, Bob Osmussen near the end of the show. We'll check with Bob on the his view overall of uh, the Illini win. And the Cardinals have a new manager in eight minutes. They do, in eight minutes. It's going to be the bench coach. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Near side, one far side. Navarro, they fake to him. They roll right. Peters looks in the end zone. Fires in the end zone. Caught, and Illinois wins it. In nine overtimes, Illinois wins it. Washington, Casey Washington caught it. 20 right, here we go. This is for the win. Penn State had their pass attempt broken up. Can the Illini do it on the ninth overtime try? Norwood to the left of Brandon Peters. In motion, Navarro. Fake. Peters rolls to the end zone. It is caught. It is caught. And it's good. And the Illini have won. They have upset number seven. They caught it in the end zone. Two points. The Illini are running all over the field, trying to find other people to hug. And on the replay, I want to see in the back of the end zone who it was. That's Casey Washington. Casey Washington. Casey Washington with a catch. The Illini have upset Penn State 20 to 18. Can you believe it? Yes! Woo! All right, the three things you heard there was Steve Jones, my counterpart at Penn State. On their call, there was a Russian broadcast because apparently there's some Russian uh, speaking folks in central Pennsylvania. Okay. I wonder. And why. so, yeah, and so that was a Russian broadcast, which you probably didn't understand. <laughs> no. <laughs> unless you speak Russian. And then the final one was ours. So there was three different calls on the same, same play. And what's interesting is, just from an audio standpoint, how loud it was, and then halfway through, how quiet it got. After Illinois scored that touchdown, so that was that was pretty wild. 
All right, we've got a couple of minutes to go here. It does. Uh, it is the Cardinals announcing a new manager here in a couple of minutes, so we'll uh, we'll discuss that. We'll have Colin Likas on for a little bit. Uh, Richard, you got about a minute and a half here. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> Brian and Lord, I uh, I was thinking about this game in terms of uh, rocket science, and I'm down here in Tolono and Unity Rockets uh, showed that uh, rocket science uh, exceeded the sage's wisdom. But here's what uh, got me. You know, a lot of things are, are said, well, that's not rocket science. Uh, psychology is not considered hard science. But apparently the psychology that uh, uh, Bielma used against the team worked because those guys, well, that was the hardest game to watch, Brian. Uh, you just kept expecting Illinois to fall apart, and they didn't. And <laughs> just emotionally drained at the win uh, at the end. But uh, golly, what a what a great victory! I, I think this was better than a victory over uh, Wisconsin a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, it was on the road. It was on the road, yeah, and it was uh, you know and it was nine overtimes. <laughs> it was I guess basically seventy five guys against one hundred and five thousand. Is what you had. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was yeah. that was a tough environment. Incredible victory! Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank Love you, Richard. Hey, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, approaching nine fifty nine. We have CBS News coming up here at the top of the hour. We'll come back after the news at ten with uh, Colin Likas, our prep coordinator, who covers all the prep. Does a great job with that. They've got a show every Wednesday night, Prep Confidential, and he'll have more on that uh, coming up. On Wednesday, the really nitty-gritty details of all the playoffs and interviews and everything. Just want to get his bird's-eye overview of uh, the local teams that will make it. We can talk some Illinois basketball, of course, what you thought about that if you were at the game on Saturday. Did you enjoy that? Uh, the win over St. Francis, of course, expected, but uh, how did they look to you? And uh, the NFL and uh, Major League Baseball and Bob Osmussen will join us for a little bit, too. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. Welcome back. Hour number two on this Monday morning on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Here in this uh, last week of October, we'll be into November here pretty soon. Got Illinois football coming up here at the end of the week. Illinois and Rutgers at 11 o'clock. And, of course, Illinois men's basketball. They have an exhibition game on Friday night against Indiana of Pennsylvania. And we'll discuss that. And let's get Mike in here who waited through the news. Uh, go ahead, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Brian. Yes, sir. Uh, <clears throat> I was talking about overtime games. Um, first of all, Saturday was really exciting. It was fun to watch. But I remember a game some years ago, I can't recall exactly when, when we played Michigan and it, the scores were in the 60s. Do you remember that one? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that went on and on, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that was under the old overtime rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, I just want to say I, I enjoyed the game Saturday, and I was really impressed with the way the Illinois lines played, dominated. 
Penn State, and I hope we can continue. Absolutely. Yeah, we were talking about that game with Michigan, how um, different it was in the point totals. Yeah. And I forget how many. Was it, it three really, overtimes it really or something? It screws up the statistics when you have that mm. many points. <laughs> you know, I think it was 60 to 56 or something like that. That isn't exact. But 67, 65, or it was yeah. something ridiculous yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. That's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. It was a different kind of game in that sense. Yeah, nobody could stop anybody on that day. Anyway, just wanted to say that. So well, thank you, day. Mike. I appreciate you calling in. Have a great day. Uh-huh. Appreciate it. 10-11 on uh, News Talk 1400 DWS. Uh, one of the ESPN reports described the game as Penn State wobbles, and the game was really hard to watch. No mention of the Illini offense. Well, Amazing. we didn't get any mention when we beat Nebraska. That's right. I mean, it was all about, well, what happened to Nebraska? And now this will be all, what happened to Penn State? But here, I, I just checking, and, and you're always, I'm looking for why they would have been vulnerable to what we did. And last year... Just last season, this is, by the way, is a Kentucky team. I mean, uh, a Penn State team that lost to Kentucky in a bowl game January one uh, two thousand nineteen. But last year in two thousand twenty, they lost to Indiana by one. They lost to Ohio State, of course. They lost to Nebraska mm-hmm. thirty to twenty three. They right. lost to Iowa forty one twenty one, and they lost to Iowa again twenty three twenty just two weeks ago. So there might have been a vulnerability that our coaches were able to to locate. Mm-hmm. And they um, and I thought they outplayed Wisconsin, even though Wisconsin beat them in the opener. The other thing was last year in the COVID season they started zero and five, and then won the last four, including the one against Illinois. Those games you mentioned, five. Yeah, is that right? I, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who was a okay? Yeah, but I'm trying to. Well, you mentioned the Indiana game and the Nebraska game, and there were some others. But uh, I've got I've got the notes in the back there. But yeah, Indiana, Ohio yeah. State, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and Iowa. I got I'm missing one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they uh, they started, and there was some wondering about James Franklin last year, a little bit. And what's then, this due to his uh, you know considerations by USC and LSU? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I heard Steve, you and Steve Jones talking about that uh, here uh, recently. All right, 217-356-9397. All right, the Cardinals are going to name a new manager, uh, the bench coach, Marmol. Marmol? What do you think? I don't have any idea. He's 35 years old. I mean, he's younger than a couple of pitchers and catchers on the the (laughs) Cardinal team. But um, I'm disappointed that that they let Schilt go because I thought he had a good relationship with the players. And to me, that's a huge part of managing and and even though he might not have been perfect with the analytics which evidently I, there was a disagreement between he and and Moselak uh, about that aspect of it uh I don't want a yes man as manager I don't want somebody that's just down there on the bench taking orders from upstairs I do you want is that what you want to see no, I mean no. well I think that's I don't know what we're getting here but mm. Marmol and Marmol must understand that he's going to have to abide, or maybe he already believes on, in all the things that Mosaic did. Maybe that, maybe it comes easy for him, and maybe Schilt didn't. Yeah, maybe but, they think uh, alike in that. But regard. He's, a, he's a young guy, and, and and young guys all have to learn. He's thirty five years old. He's been the bench coach for three years. He was once a uh, a draftee, a six round draftee by the Cardinals. So he's mm-hmm. a Cardinal, and it's. Um, you know, it's the old story, the birds of a feather. They flock together. We That's keep the Cardinals uh, stay with their own. Well, you know, and for people that don't know what a bench coach is in, in baseball, it's really the manager's kind of right-hand mm-hmm. co-pilot, if you mm-hmm. will. He's yeah. 
he um, he's kind of behind the scenes, but he's always the guy. If you see him, uh, Joe Madden did this for a long time as a bench coach in Anaheim before he became a full time manager. But basically, he keeps all the charts and he's kind of the manager's sounding board. Yeah. For a lot yeah. of things, so he's and kind he can of make a, recommendations, that yeah. sort of thing too. Yeah. yeah, the manager flies the plane, so to speak, but the bench coach is kind of the co-pilot. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really there, good. Uh, yeah. You know, it's to make that analogy. All right, high school football too. We want to get to that real quick. And uh, Colin Likas joins us, of course, does a fantastic job covering all the the high schools. And Colin, good to have you on today. How you doing this morning? Doing well, Brian. Thanks for having me on. I well, appreciate it. Well, no problem at all. And uh, boy, uh, you got a lot of a lot of local teams here in the in the postseason. This is going to be fun. Yeah, we've got uh, sixteen teams in the eleven man, plus two more in the eight man. Yeah, it should be a should be a good time. And no local on local uh, matchups to start, which is uh, always good. It makes a makes for a better chance we have more teams moving on. <laughs> so, give me the the big picture, Colin. When you look at all the matchups, what jumps out at you? I guess for the local teams. Uh, certainly, I think the first thing that jumps out is that Unity has a number one seed over in Tolono, uh, the only local school to get a number one seed at 9-0. and uh, There were two other local teams that finished 9-0, Muhammad and uh, Bismarck, but they both got a three seed. Uh, Unity, just the, the body of work they've put together against a really tough Illini Prairie Conference, closing out with, uh, sorry to bring this up, Lauren, but a 33-27 win over Monticello in overtime in Week 9. Uh, that kind of sealed the deal for them, I think, getting a one seed. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a huge deal for, for Scott Hamilton's team. Uh, he's been there 28 years. He's made the state championship game five times, but he's still looking for that, that first state title. And, uh, you know, getting the number one seed is usually a good first step to trying to get back to the state championship. All their players are going to be healthy going in? Unity? Again, oh, all players are going to be – yeah, as far as I'm aware – um, I'll certainly reach out to, to Scott this week, uh, but I, I, you know, the the one thing, the one question mark is going to be the quarterback. Um, Blake Kimball obviously uh, suffered an injury late yeah. in the uh, game against Monticello. He's um, huge. Yeah, they had Cale Rodden come in though and throw two touchdown passes in the in the fourth quarter and in overtime. So uh, you know, Unity's depth is something that will will play a big uh, big uh, part in any success they have. Yep. Yeah, uh, they're much bigger and stronger than Monticello, but Monticello's got a super uh, passing game that, uh, and uh, you know, you know, in that game and in, in the in the overtime in the second when when Monticello had the ball down six, they faced fourth and one on the final play of the game. Can you imagine <laughs> fourth and one? That's how close Unity came to losing a, you know, I mean, uh, seeing an unbeaten season get away because they had missed the extra point. If Monticello had scored, they could have kicked the extra point to win. Mm. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to your point, Lauren, uh, Monticello usually is an undersized team, but they've never really let that affect them. They, yeah. they weren't exact. I mean, they were, they were, they were undersized that year. They won the state championship. Oh, were they ever? Well. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not a traditionally Monticello in recent years anyway, just has not been a very big team, but they don't let it affect them. I mean, they got a six seed in three A and, uh, they want to win a state championship themselves. They're going to have to get through unity at some point. Yep, Colin Likas is with us here, our prep uh, coordinator, and uh, he'll have a more in-depth show coming up on uh, Wednesday, of course, before the coaches show that he does with uh, Jim Rosso and uh, all kinds of interviews and details on this. Uh, several five and four teams got in, uh, Colin, including Centennial, snuck in there. Yep, yep, good, good for Centennial. Uh, first, uh, first postseason berth for them since 2015. 
certainly not an easy first round matchup. They have to travel north to uh, face Chicago Kenwood at Lane Tech High School. That's going to be a Saturday afternoon game, 2 p.m. Um, but good for Centennial. They were 0 9 just a few seasons ago when Kyle Jackson first took over in 2019. Uh, there's there's kids on this team now that were part of that 0-9 season. Uh, Centennial was playing very young lineups for a couple of years with uh, very few seniors on the roster, and now all these young kids were, were taking their lumps in the Big 12. Now that they're giving some of them back now, and uh, you know having a 14 seed in the playoffs certainly is not a, an easy start to the postseason, but uh, Centennial has played tough with some really good teams, and uh, I'm excited to see what they're capable of. What do you make of Muhammad Seymour's chances at nine and zero in that five A? Yeah, Muhammad, uh, that's that's fun for them as well. Uh, first playoff first since twenty seventeen, and they're going to be uh, they're going to be the only local team playing on Saturday night. Uh, they're going to have a seven p.m. Uh, first playoff game against Jacksonville. Uh, that five A bracket, though, that is that is a tough bracket. Um, uh, you know, I, I think getting past Jacksonville that that should be uh, fairly doable for Muhammad, and I. I don't want to overlook Muhammad by any means because I think they have a really, really great team, certainly the best team they've had since I've been here, which is since 2014. But, yeah, that 5A bracket is just absolutely loaded. Uh, Kanky Keys at the top of the South region, uh, very good team there, unbeaten as well. Uh, you got to get past Morris at some point probably. Troy Triad is a potential second-round opponent. They're a very good 7-2 and team. Uh, Peoria, former state champion, is an 8th seed in this bracket. I mean, there is just a boatload of talent that they're going to have to get by. I'm really curious to see how the swagger and the confidence that Muhammad put together in this regular season, how that carries over in the playoffs. Uh, Colin, if you win this week, do you know who you're going to play the following week in, in, ter- you know, in terms of whoever wins? Yeah, you should, yeah, because I think a lot of, uh, a lot of games are going to be played in, on the Saturday afternoon time slot. Um, so I'm thinking most of these teams, once they finish up their first-round game, if they win, it, it shouldn't take long before they know who they're playing in the second round. Yeah. Hey, Colin, before we let you go, who, who do you think of the local teams, uh, the best shot to get to state out of all those? On the spot. That's a, that's a, good, I, that's a good question, though. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think I'm going to stick with Unity just because they have that number one seed. It makes for some – potentially better matchups i mean they're going to have to play the toughest of the tough uh but uh, i think also in 3a kind of unlike 5a uh, i think 3a a lot of uh, really really dangerous teams are in the north half of the bracket whereas in the south half uh there's dangerous teams in the south half of the bracket but unity is very familiar with a lot of the teams in the south half of the bracket i mean heck Five Illini Prairie Conference teams are in the south half of the 3A bracket, and Unity went undefeated in the Illini Prairie Conference. So, I mean, I think there's a good chance for for Unity to make an extended run. I'd also watch out for Arcola. Uh, Class 1A, the the Class 1A bracket is just not very strong, in my opinion, this year. I think there's only one undefeated team in all of Class 1A. Um, Arcola has looked really good, seven-game win streak, and uh, their only losses are to Tuscola and to a, a Reed Custer team that has a, uh, a strong seed in Class 3A. So uh, watch out for Arcola as well. Yeah. want to remind folks, too, Colin, before we let you go, uh, the finals this year are in DeKalb. Correct. Yep. yep. No uh, no finals in Memorial Stadium, unfortunately. They weren't going to rearrange the schedule just because we lost our games due to the pandemic last year. But they'll be back soon enough. Yeah. All right, Colin, and tell us uh, real quick, the listeners, about your show Wednesday night and what you're going to have on there. 
Yep, I uh, haven't totally worked out the lineup for this Wednesday yet, but uh, 6 to 7, uh, Prep Football Confidential, sponsored by Surfro, which we really appreciate. But going to be hearing from a few postseason coaches, and we'll have a, a couple athletes on to be determined where they, what school they hail from. But uh, always open to suggestions, so feel free to tweet at me, uh, CLikeSNG, and uh, let me know who you want to hear on the show. All right. Hey, Colin, thanks for the time today. Great work. Keep it up, and uh, have fun this week. Appreciate it, Brian. Thank right. you, guys. All right. There you go. Colin Likas who covers our preps here for the uh, News Gazette, both in the paper and online, of course. All right, 1023, a break. Lauren and I return. We'll talk a little basketball when we come back. How about those Illini basketball uh, team against uh, St. Francis? We knew they were going to win, but how would they look doing it? We'll talk about it next. All right, from the Big Ten Conference this morning, Offensive Player of the Week, Chase Brown of Illinois. 223 yards and a touchdown. Has rushed for more than 200 yards in two games. One of just three FBS players to register multiple 200-yard rushing games in 2021. Woods Basement Systems, if you got a lot of water here, we all did here in the last 24 hours or so. Maybe you're uh, looking at your basement you're thinking, oh, where's that water coming from? Well, the uh, folks at Woods Basement, all things basementy. it's a strong company. They've been around for 35 years. And if you have some uh, wet basement issues, crawl space, basement wall cracks, bowing in the basement walls, you need some refinishing done in your basement, Woods Basement Systems, the place to call for help. Call toll-free, 888-935-4333, or go online to woodsbasementsystems.com, 888-935-4333, Woods Basement Systems. Hi, Brian and Lauren. Haven't heard much about our volleyball team. We're 14-7, and seven, getting better with every match. Probably going to get into the NCAA tournament. This is without two of our top outside hitters. Uh, 3,000 devoted fans show up every game, even though there's very little parking available. The most exciting sport on campus, the Michigan match on Saturday, was the best of the year. As it turns out, three of the four sets went 26-24. Yeah, it was a tight one. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of matches like that. A lot of tight matches. And they've gone five sets a lot of times mm-hmm. this yeah. year. Earlier this year, they were winning those. And uh, they've uh, been right there. I mean, it's the Big Ten's really tough, so mm-hmm. you've got to hang, hang in there the best you can. And Chris Thomas doing a great job. This listener says this program needs its own standalone venue. And one other caller mentioned uh, Peter's first pass was way above the receiver's head. That last pass was high but got the job done. Let's go, Brandon, uh, listener says. So... Anyway, we'll see what happens at quarterback. We'll hear from Brett Bielema during the course of the day today. All right, uh, men's basketball. What well, do you, you think? I thought they played extremely well defensively, and I thought that offensively it was about what you expect. Uh, Grabello made too many turnovers, five, but he's going to be he, – we're going to expect some of that. But the, the, two th- the two guys that jumped out at me were Coleman Hawkins. I think he's vastly improved, 25 pounds heavier. He, he's mobile. He can he definitely shoot. He came in as a shooter, so let's mm-hmm. not question his shooting. And he's, he's developing the other aspects. And Hutcherson is a leaping guy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Man, oh, yeah. man. Like he's he on get, a pogo stick. I mean, he is a pogo but, stick. He yeah. really is. And, and he can shoot. So, I, I, But I thought the best – Okay, I know uh, Kofi, we can't overlook how powerful he is, and he's always the best player on the court, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I thought Trent Fraser just took a step forward for me in 
in in taking over the game to a great extent and playing terrific defense and and more aggressive on I just thought Fraser was very good. By the way, Hutcherson played the most minutes of anybody. Mm-hmm. Twenty one. They want to. The they want to see what he can do. I mean, they. they I think that um, Underwood used the word rust. That he's a little rusty. Obviously, when you haven't played for two years, you're going to be rusty. And they they want to test him out because he could help this team. Hutcherson had 14 and seven, 14.7 rebounds. Kofi Coburn 14 points and six rebounds. Kofi only played 14 minutes in the game. 10 for Frazier in 19 minutes. 11 for Curbelo with five assists and five turnovers, three steals. Uh, he also had, let's see here, 13 for Coleman Hawkins and five rebounds. Again, 14 for Hutcherson, 11 for Curbelo. So five players in double figures. Uh, everybody else that was in the game scored along the way. And the Illinois wins 101-34. There wasn't any doubt they were going to win, just a matter of how they looked and the fans being there and the popcorn was popping and everything else uh, when it came to um, the Illini and St. Francis. Yeah, everybody wanted to know who's going to start. And Williams and Grandison started. They're the veteran guys, and along with Kofi and Fraser and Cabello. But uh, I think we're going to see an awful lot of the guys I just mentioned, Hutcherson and Hawkins. And then Plummer is going to play. He's a, he's a shooter. He didn't do an awful lot in this ball game, but um, he just had four points. But And then Payne. Payne um, is going to be a backup center, it looks to me like. Mm-hmm. I don't see him playing an awful lot alongside. I thought about this earlier when I'd never seen him play. Yeah. <laughs> now that I've seen him play, I, I don't think that's going to work. Do you? I mean, as yeah. as a forward? It'd be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. They they may try to do it at points along the way. but I haven't seen him enough to really yeah. judge. But but you can play Grandison out there. You could play. Oh, yeah. You can mix in a bunch of guys. And yeah. Hawkins. You mean, it's you, you it's tough for some of those big guys to cover some of Illinois' quicker fours. Mm-hmm. Power forwards. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number. Text line two one seven three five one five three five seven. That's been hopping today, and you can email us talk at wdws dot com. Our uh, news updates today brought to you by First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since eighteen sixty five. Visit firstmid dot com to find out more. We'll get Bob Osmussen on the line. We'll talk about the Illini football game. His thoughts on that in the historic level of that compared to all the games he's covered. And also a little more about basketball and the Atlanta Braves, too, against Houston in the World Series. Here we go on DWS on Penny. By the way, one other high school team that is in the playoffs, and there's I didn't get to them all, but one is St. Joseph got in at 5-4 and four in, a, oh. in a difficult year for them, I yeah. know, with the... Yeah, difficult by Dick, by their standard. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Dick Duvall and everything mm-hmm. that was going on there, mm-hmm. the emotion of this season, so uh, good for them. Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond is in at 5-4. and four. They're at Payne of St. Joe is at Mount Carmel on Saturday. Greenville at Monticello. Salt Fork at Greenfield Northwestern. St. Thomas Moore and eight-man football at Martinsville. Pawnee's in there. Um, there's some others. But uh, Unity again hosting at 2 o'clock Saturday against Newton, some of the uh, local teams in the uh, postseason. All right, 1037. Uh, let's get Howard in here quick, then we'll get to Bob Osmussen. Hi, Howard. How are you guys doing today? Good. Uh, Lauren, are we on the trail of any impressive quarterbacks for next year? Have you heard anything? I have no idea. We've got a young guy coming by the name of Leary, but I don't think that most of the 
transfer quarterbacks, and there will be an abundance of them. Yep. Uh, it won't be. Uh, it won't be evident. I mean, maybe the coaches might know some inside information, but they, these guys won't be entering the portal. I don't think until the season's over. Do you, uh, Brian? And that oh, pretty much when yeah. it happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would I think, think so. there'll be a lot of. I just, you know, I, you just got to find the right one, and I don't know who that is by any means. I have no idea, but I, was, I just thought maybe you might might know something. No, no, I haven't heard anything. Uh, but we do have a a high school player that, that they've recruited. Uh, but I, again, I, his name is Leary, and uh, you know we'll see what he can do. But it doesn't look to me like we have anybody right now that uh, that stacks up. But, uh, you know that that they they need to improve that position. Yeah. And we'll see yeah. what Ryan Johnson, uh, if he gets in any games here at some point, yeah. the Division Two quarterback. And, of course, Sitkowski is back next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, last night on that College Rewind show, uh, you and Martin were on with one of the plays of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they were they featured us right off the top. So that, that yeah, was cool. Martin almost fell out of the booth, yeah. I guess. <laughs> That's right. Lauren, is, I heard something over the weekend. Is it true that... When Penn State loses at home, they turn off the hot water in the locker room. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> have you heard that, Brian? I don't know. No. I haven't heard that. No. Because someone said that Bilbo made a comment that was the best cold shower he'd ever had. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I just wonder if there's any validity to that. I don't know. I have to ask. Thank, All right. Thank, thank, thank you, you, Howard. All right. Okay, two thank, one, you, thank you. 217-356-9397. Text line 217-351-5357. If you need any uh, repair done on your vehicle, Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. Very passionate about what they do. Dave and Bill absolutely hands-on. And their motto is, where action speaks louder than words. They know this business inside and out. They know what a hassle it is to have your car have to be repaired. Their goal is to make this as painless as possible. So, let them do the work for you. Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair, 217-353-0770. And if you have an accident, just let them take care of everything. Give them the keys. They'll take the stress out of everything in what can be a very stressful situation, there's no doubt. Uh, so Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. By the way, Illinois Rutgers. The, uh, Illinois is a one-point underdog? you got to be kidding me. Well, you looked at five sites. I did. I, one was a pick em. Mm-hmm. But the other four showed Illinois as a one-point underdog. To Rutgers. To one of the worst teams in football, Rutgers. Well, <laughs> So the one game hasn't, uh, hasn't changed the odds makers, has it, much. It was Rodney Dangerfield. No, no respect. Come on, no respect. <laughs> what would happen if Illinois had lost to, to Penn State as expected? Mm-hmm. I mean, what would be a six-point underdog or what? I don't a four-point underdog? I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, 1040, and uh, because of the historical nature, the nine overtimes, and I know, Lauren, you've seen more football than any of us uh, put together, but certainly Bob Osmussen oh, yeah. has been the beat writer for many, many years, covered Illinois football, and uh, Bob, how are you this morning? And I don't know where that one ranks in all the games you've covered, but that was something else, wasn't it? Oh, it was nuts, yeah. I, I, I think that is the all-timer because the nine overtimes. I, I think the Michigan game, the high-scoring Michigan game, uh, obviously, there's been a lot of crazy games over the years, but that one, I mean, I can't imagine anything bigger than that and more crazy than that. Really weird. How do you then compare games that really mean something, mean like a championship? I mean, you know, when I, 
think back on some of the games that were that Illinois won that were very close that were that led to a championship that would always seem to me to be more well it's more important but is it I don't I don't know I don't know what I'd call it what's your thoughts yeah I, I agree Lauren at this time though this game is critical for this staff and this team because they're trying to get better mm-hmm. so this was the first sign the kind of a lightning bolt sign that hey these guys know what they're doing and I think that that's to me, maybe the game to compare it to, and Brian was there, of course, is the Ohio State game in 2007. But that game was meant a lot more for Illinois in terms of big big picture because that team was going to Bulls Bowl and they beat the number one team in the country on their home field. But this is similar. Not the same, but similar. And to me, much more unexpected, though. Mm-hmm. The oh, yeah. Ohio State game, I predicted the Illinois win that game. This game, I would never, never, and I don't think anybody picked Illinois to beat Penn State other than Brett Bielema's team and maybe Martin and Brian. Other than that, nobody picked Illinois to win the game. Mm-hmm. No, I and had I a really bad. I had a bad feeling uh, during the week. I just after oh, I, yeah. I was affected by the Wisconsin performance. Mm-hmm. It just looked yeah, like looked they bad. they weren't with it at all. No, it looked bad. And you, you of course, have seen a lot of these games over the years. But again, it was surpri- more surprising than anything I've seen. I maybe go back to the Michigan game in 99, mm-hmm. that when Illinois came back, stormed back from 20 down. That, that game was similar in terms of the, wow, that, I can't believe I just saw that. But this is kind of on the same same vein. You know, Hustay game, I thought Illinois has a chance. They, they are gonna, they're going to play this team good. But this game, no, you're right. Mm-hmm. Nobody well, had, had, had Well, Bob, they had 20 rushing first downs. Was it scheme or physical dominance? Which was it? Both. I mean, okay. both. They clearly had a good plan. And Penn State, Penn State almost seemed like they didn't want to be there. And almost seemed like, boy, we got Ohio State next week. They were kind of looking ahead. And I, again, go back to 07 Ohio State. Who'd they, who'd they have the next week? Michigan. Mm-hmm. So same similar situation, kind of a look ahead type thing, and I think Illinois, to the credit, took advantage of it. And I think that way to beat a team like that, that's looking ahead, not paying attention, is trying to dominate them physically. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that Illinois went right at them, but I think Chase Brown early on kind of set a tone and said, "Okay, you want to play? We'll play." And again, uh, kind of like the Rocky Apollo Creed fight. You find out all of a sudden, hey, I'm in for a fight. And I think Penn State, by the time they realized we got a fight here, it was too late for them. And they well, still almost won the game, had like nine chances to win, but they were not ready for that game. And Illinois was clearly mm-hmm. ready. Yeah, Bob Osmussen with us for a few minutes, of course, longtime beat writer for Illinois football. He's covered a lot of uh, Illini football. Bob, you mentioned the game against Michigan. It was on the day, actually, October 23rd, 99, when the Kurt Kittner, Rocky Harvey, and the Upset. And I'm trying to remember. Was it the week before they had been blown out at home by Minnesota that blown year? Blown out. Yeah. Blown out. In fact, I think Ron Turner, if I remember right, had a practice that Sunday. Called the team back together and said, "Hey, we're going to practice." And they hit each other. I'm pretty sure the Sunday before the Michigan game. I'm pretty sure get the timing of that right. So, uh, yeah, they were not. No, again, nobody expected that kind of game. In fact, they don't like it. Way behind. I'm thinking, okay. They're done, and then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. And this is, but again, this is more surprising just in terms of expectations. Mm-hmm. So, 
I mean, yeah. you go in and beat number seven. And then another crazy game we don't talk about enough. You guys might, might not remember remember this. Illinois played Fresno State in December one year, mm-hmm. and they had a two point conversion catch by the like defensive line room for Fresno State in in, in overtime, and Fresno won by two. That game was that there was nobody in the stands. It was a cold day in, in December, mm. and that game was similarly crazy. But again, no, there was no stakes there. This yeah. had stakes. Let me ask so. you, Bob. You're, I've been asked this. A couple of national people have asked me. I'll ask you. What do you make of the new overtime rules? What do you think of this? Putting it on the the three yard line and go and the two point conversion back and forth. Well, it's not football. It's certainly not football. But I guess the question is, what else can you do? Because they're worried about injuries, which I. But, you know, of course, Arcus Sikowski gets hurt in overtime. So, you know, the, being worried about injury is pretty valid now. But I think, I don't know if you, there's an alternative. I'll give you a crazy alternative that nobody's going to like. You go back to ties. What, mm-hmm. oh, what's go wrong back with to the ties? Go, go back to ties, except for championship games. You know, postseason, you couldn't do it, of course. But go back to ties. Or go back to the NFL model. Which is kind of a almost a, like a play an extra period, but again, again, that defeats the purpose of cutting any injuries. So mm. this thing was no, it was not. It was not football. It was mm. it was uh, it's a, a thing you do at the end of practice every day. I guess Illinois must do that a lot because they had a lot of chances to try the uh, two point play. But yeah, it's not football. Yeah. The even I'm not. I've always criticized the twenty five yard line thing too, because that's a field goal, right? Unless you screw up, you're going to make a field goal. I always thought they should start that at the 40. Hmm. So I don't that's know what to do. That's the thought, but even that, again, you're going to have trouble. This was just unfortunate, but I think the right team won. Uh, I think Penn State, again, wasn't prepared. They didn't have any good plays in overtime except the one. So, yeah, but I, I don't think there's, there's a good solution just hope, just hope this doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing I like uh, that I've seen from Bet Bielema is and his staff is a willingness to kind of adjust a little bit on the fly as we go here. And I know they've put this package in before, but the whole thing with the beefy jumbo nine men on the line of scrimmage package was interesting. Oh. I mean, playing to their strength, I guess, is what I'm saying. Oh, definitely. And the announcers on uh, ABC were very much praising that. Kind of thought Illinois should do that the whole guy, the whole game. And they did did it quite a bit. And yes, I mean, again, when you have a chance to dominate a team physically, which Illinois clearly did on Saturday, you take that chance. And they they did and worked. And again, I think Penn State in overtime kind of looked they looked defeated. I think even their fans, as excited as they tried to remain, they were kind of down too because Penn State blew this game. But Illinois, to the credit, took advantage. Yeah. They won the game. Illinois won the game. And did you know? Again, this is going to be a game. I think we'll look back not just because of the crazy nature, but it just in terms of significance, in terms of what it means for this program going forward. Earlier so this year, I remember some of the Big Ten announcers talking about Wisconsin against Penn State, in which Wisconsin was dominant in the game, just like Illinois was in the front. But when they got down to the goal lines, you know, they put all those people on the line of scrimmage. They had that. Just a massive. It looked like eleven on eleven. You know, there's no wide receivers or anything. And they said that, that the formations make it very difficult to score down there. 
and I agree with that. It's hard to score with a nine-man line down there because what you're facing is a nine-man line on the other side. I mean, they're not going to be worried about passing, right? I mean, the only people who can catch a ball are the tight ends or, or the back coming out of the backfield. And uh, you, I'd be interesting. In fact, I hope somebody asks uh, Bielema today at the press conference, just how many times did they do that? Because I, they came out in it, and then they went away from it, and they came back to it, and then they went away from it. But I think the most of the time they were not in the nine-man line. Right. You're right. It's probably really good to be between the 20s, not so good near in the red zone. So I mm-hmm. agree with that. that Boy, the red zone, it's hard to – if you can't pass – in the red zone, it's hard to score down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, yeah. I mean, if they just don't respect the pass, that's. No. Well, I want to get real quick. Illinois, go ahead, go ahead. Bob. Well, I said, you know, while you took advantage, thanks to Brian Peters. Yeah. I was going to mention, I want to talk real quick, uh, Bob, for a couple of minutes. You're the only Braves fan I know. So, uh, the uh-huh. Braves, can they win the World Series? And, uh, how good is this team? Well, really good. They shouldn't win the World Series. Houston should win, you know, four nothing. But this team all year has been a team overachieved. Uh, they're missing their star player. That's clear. They've they've overcome that. They found a guy Rosario played out of his mind in the, in the NLCS, and they beat the Dodgers. I had no expectations of this year, and I've been so pleasantly surprised. So yes, they can win because they're they're gritty. They're uh, they've been there before, but Houston. To me, a clear favorite. Hmm. It's gonna be hard. Yeah, but we, when, when did they pull over? Fi- Bob, when did they pull over five hundred? Yeah, because they were that for a long time, right? When I was in the hospital. Yeah. So okay. When, when Bob, you were in, in there. Hospital, <laughs> it, was, it was trying to kind of a present to me, made me feel better. But okay. I think I think this team. You know, it's one thing we should mention. Hank Aaron died this year. Yeah. I think it's really important for the team to. They're paying homage to him. And I think they're honoring him in the way he would most well want to be honored by winning games. So just uh, overcoming some adversity and playing great. So I, I hope it goes well. I, I don't care at this point. I'm, it's all gravy, but I want them to win, of course. Yeah. Bob, thank you for your time this morning, and uh, great to have you back uh, with us and writing again, and uh, good to read your stuff again. Great. God, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me on. I'll see you over there at press conference. Right? All right. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, guys. See ya. There you go. Bob Osmus in 10:52. We were talking about uh, the odds makers and such on the Illinois Rutgers and that. Here's uh, Brent Musburger's crew with uh, today's update. Back in a moment. Again, tomorrow, an hour of open line as we uh, continue with our open line tomorrow at 9. At 10 o'clock, Paul Rudy's on the money. 10 o'clock on Wednesday, Jim Dye. Aurelius Ben joins us on Thursday. We'll have our flashback Friday on Friday. Uh, somebody sent an email in about basketball, says he is totally the player we've not had in a long time. I, I don't know who, if he's talking about Coleman Hawkins or Omar Payne. He can shoot, is athletic, boards well, and gives us tremendous length out of the four spot. Well, really. Yeah. Either either that or Coleman Hawkins, either, Hawkins, either yeah. Hutcherson or Hawkins. I guess he's talking about Hawkins. Hawkins, I assume. Yeah, mm-hmm. could be the key to a Final Four type season. So I think I think that's right. He is much bigger and very improved. Uh, Ron is with us here. Got a couple minutes to go. Hi, Ron. Yeah, just had a couple things. Uh, I've heard rumors that our starting quarterback may be out for the season, and I've heard the Penn State coach is leaving for Alabama. 
Uh, any comments on that? Penn State coaches leaving for Alabama. The Alabama job's not open. You mean LSU? Well, I don't know. That, that, yes, that was it, LSU. LSU, okay. yeah. There's a little difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, so anyway, and, and I, I heard that the team, the Penn State team was upset the coach is leaving. So, oh, well. So, I know anyway, you... but I, I, yeah, I heard uh, from a pretty decent source that we may have lost our quarterback for the rest of the season, or at least a couple of games. Well. And there's not a whole lot of games left, but uh, no, no, but yeah, no. just two more okay. home games, that, that, yeah. Yeah, including one have. Saturday. Yep. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. Yeah, we have the we have the Rutgers game. We're at Minnesota. Got Iowa. There's a bye week at Iowa, home to Northwestern. Right. And the Northwestern games right after thanks. Right. The day after th- or the That's two great. days after Thanksgiving. So, all right. Well, um, basketball, football. Uh, soccer's winding down. They're getting ready to. Uh, yeah, it's been a tough year for, for, for just Janet one Rayfield. Big Ten win. But uh, volleyball, of course, continuing yeah. to play well, and uh, they've got a match. I think they go out east this weekend to Rutgers and Penn State, so they've got some trips ahead of them, and uh, should be interesting this week. And uh, quarterback, uh, what'll happen there this week with the injury to Sitkowski, and of course Peters had to come in, and we'll see where that goes, and if they can get some momentum going forward. Well, they sure sure ought to, you would think, and. We'll see how much they can use that uh, jumbo line again. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see it. I mean, I, it's worth a try, but you can't use it all game, but it's, it's, it's a nice feature. By the way, Tom Brady now with 600 touchdowns. Who'd they beat yesterday? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears. They beat the, the Bears, Bears pretty soundly. The Bears had me turn it off after the first quarter. They, they were down 21 to nothing. So uh, Tom Brady, uh, 600 touchdowns. By the way, his receiver caught the ball and gave it to a fan. And they had to get it back from the fan. Got it back. And they did get it back. But uh, the fan has a ball that could be worth, they say, $500,000. Well, I guess so. uh, Brady indicated he is going to give him something. I yeah. don't know what. <laughs> Maybe like, another ball. But it's like, wait a minute. There's my 600-touchdown ball just handed to a fan. So. Yeah, I don't know. What would you do if you had that ball in your hands and you know it's worth that much money? I don't know. They worked it out. So. Yep. All right, Lauren, it was fun. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, good to see you, and good to have our listeners. Thanks to Bob and thanks to Colin from our News Gazette staff for being with us. Appreciate all of you listening as well. Enjoy the uh, week this week. We'll have more uh, Penny for Your Thoughts, more football at the end of the week. Thanks to Blake Landa as well for producing our show. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.